everyone once again and the fundamental question is whether you can hear me now is it fine good okay uh this is a rough draft of what i'm working on at the very moment and it's um, a summary of a chapter for the book i'm doing on the debate on violence between merleau-ponty albert camille and jean-paul sartre and the title itself is uh, also a a reference, an ironical reference to the title of the book, uh, Sartre, Curiously Ambivalent, and it's a book on violence in Sartre, that it's very difficult to uh, determine what position on political, especially political violence, Sartre actually had in his philosophy. And uh, I'm actually opening a question whether Camus was unequivocal on the issue of violence. Hmm. Uh, and what does it really mean? So ever uh, since he published uh, letters to the German friend, uh, Camille's preoccupation with uh, violence, especially social and political violence was very noticeable. But uh, contrary to his earlier studies on absurdity, where he made many, many claims on the um, meaning of the absurd on definite of on how to define the, the the sentiment of absurdity and uh how to rationalize our attitude towards the problem uh, he does not really dedicate uh, any serious part of his work in detail to the concept of uh, violence which is uh, forced and introduced into his thought uh, during the occupation so his position on political violence is almost self-evident and probably very relevant still today, but it is much more difficult to formulate what kind of theory of violence is actually Camille proposing. So my presentation is about in order to understand why Camille is against violence, we have to actually understand first what does it mean violence in Camille. Uh, so the first step is to understand where violence appears, and I think the, the violence appears um, essentially in the context of the absurd uh, revolt development, and uh, having established that suicide is not a solution to the absurd problem, which is basically uh, what the myth of Sisyphus is about, uh, he is going uh, to establish that value um, is given to life and once life is considered valuable uh, we can reject suicide but the, the, the very next thing we have to do is um, to disregard killing so after having rejected suicide violence and all acts of killing um, have to be um, ethically morally uh, considered as, as wrong because, and uh, I claim that they are actually worse than suicide because killing and violence against somebody else deprives that person of life and choice at the same time because he cannot decide, which is the case of suicide, whether he wants uh, this or not. So what kind of violence is Kami talking about? We have to remember that Camille formulated his position against violence between 1943 and 1958 
So there was a very strong historical contextual element of perceiving violence. I guess that there are some foundational uh, elements also, um, like death penalty, which is state violence, and uh, Second World War, Nazi occupation and state oppression, and possibly also uh, the issue of colonialism that he ex had experienced before in Algeria. Uh, he mentions in his uh, letters uh, that essential moments for formulation of his moral stance regarding violence are the execution of Gabriel Perry. Gabriel Perry was a very famous uh, communist uh, editor and journalist uh, uh, shot. Uh, he was actually um, member of the resistance denounced by one of his friends in 1940. Uh, one and executed uh, by uh, the Nazis in 1940. I think it was December 1942. I'm not really sure of the date. And it actually made a huge impact on Kami and made him change his stance, which was a rather distance approach to, to resistance. And from that very moment, he's uh, much more engaged. Uh, um, with the political and social situation of occupied France. And the second very important moment would be uh, the execution of Brazilac during the famous L'Epuration, which was like the period of France after liberation when the French started to judge uh, people from of the Vichy government and other intellectuals uh, also who contributed to cooperation with the Nazi occupants. And of course, shortly after the Second World War, uh, the discovery of Soviet concentration camps, which is also a very, very essential moment for Camille uh, to propose his um, position on violence. Still, there is a lack of careful theoretical attempt at establishing what violence is. Um, and it's quite not uh, uncommon, and it's also visible when you read Merleau-Ponty from 1947 or Sartre from the same period of time. So it's not uh, that everybody who wrote about political violence had the precise definition of it. So do we actually need a theory of violence to be against violence? So the proposition one is no, violence is self-evidently wrong. We don't have to define what it is. And the proposition too is yes, because sometimes of violence may be necessary or unavoidable or simply legitimate. So regarding proposition one, I would say that even if we agree that violence is wrong, theory allows us to establish the scope of violence and the nature of the phenomenon to distinguish types and aspects and ranges of violence. And regarding proposition two, this is, I think, especially significant in relation to Camille, because what concerned him in 1946, 1947, is the possibility um, of saying that some types of violence can be fully legitimate, made fully legitimate by the state, and that by means of violent actions, we can actually reach a, a just society, a better society. In future, which is what he called uh, the progressive concept of violence. 
So what formulation of violence was coming especially against? And in my research of the issue, I have found that what especially interested Kami was a logical attitude to state violence. And it was very common and visible in his notebooks and in his reactions uh, to what philosophers of the Letemp model claimed at that period of time. This was um, written down during some meetings between Camille Sartre and Merleau-Ponty and what Camille was intrigued and disturbed by in violence is this position. Uh, we cannot be against violence, I mean state, state violence, that is going on in the Soviet Union, if at the same time we are not against violence, state violence, that is going on in Western countries. You cannot condemn the revolutionary violence of the socialist states if at the same time you do not condemn violence in Western colonies, the oppression of workers, and if you do not support victims of colonialism and imperialism. So let's call this only general condemnation of violence argument. This is actually uh, what was working uh, at that period of time. So what was Camille and what was Le Temp Modern generally the thinkers around Le Temp Modern position on this argument. So I guess uh, uh, Le Temp Modern was very inconsistent. They used this argument, uh, but it actually did not work against justice being carried out against Vichy representatives. Sartre, Bevois, Merleau-Ponty and many others actually said it's pretty okay to use violence uh, during the Lepuration. So if we need to shoot people who betrayed France during the occupation, uh, this is fine. And even when they were addressing the problem of state violence in Soviet Union, uh, Le Temp Modern was very cautious. It was rather a position, not of condemning violence there, but saying, we don't know if this violence will bring the social change desired. This is especially important in the essays that were collected and published by Merleau-Ponty called L'Humanisme et Terreur, which is humanism and terror in English. And uh, on the other side, there is a very consistent position of Camille on that argument. And uh, he used a kind of different approach to it. If we don't know what results of violence there will be in future, whether it will restore social justice in the state or not, we cannot support it. We have to condemn it wherever it occurs. And uh, the other point of view, I think, is that this general argument of condemning all violence does not really apply to Camille uh, in critique, because if we read everything that Camille has written, he's also very critical of Western politics, uh, the use of atomic bomb and the repressions in Algeria. And from 1945, uh, also he's very critical of the outcome of uh, l'épuration in France. And he's actually against uh, judging um, the Vichy representatives uh, in such a manner that it is uh, being presented and he vigorously criticizes the whole idea in combat. So is he against violence or is he against legitimization of violence or both? So let's establish what Camille was actually against and 
um, when he actually said something directly about violence. And the best source I have so far found about um, his position on what he's actually against is uh, his letters to Emmanuel de Astier from 1948, when he said that there is no such thing as progressive violence. So violence cannot be used as a political tool by any government. And he said uh, in one of these letters, this is not a translation or quote, this is just a summary. I'm not against violence as violence is and always will be. I'm against any legitimization of violence. So he's against using violence in social or political realms. And what about violence itself? Violence is unavoidable and unjustifiable. There are obviously some problems with Camus's formulation. So it is impossible on ethical grounds to state that violence is unjustifiable, always unjustifiable, because on the, in the moral or ethical realm, it eliminates this possibility of using violence, for example, in self-defense. So he must have meant something much more precise than just what I uh, recapitulated here. So there must always be a possibility on the side of perpetrator of violence to justify what is why it was unavoidable to use violence in some um, significant cases. If, as Camille states, violence is unavoidable, it is especially necessary to find moral, legal and political means of justification or perhaps legitimization of cases when violence can be used by the subject. For example, as a last resort, in a defensive war, uh, in actions uh, which are established to abolish a tyranny or protection of civilians during civil war. So a general statement condemning possibility of justifying violence may be seen as self-defeating. So solution, the problem with Camus 1948 and 51 condemnations of legitimization of violence allowing the state to perform violence is, I believe, related to the imprecision of the notion in Camus. And to be honest, in all other thinkers uh, at that time of the term violence. Because the positive element of Camus' conception of being against violence, especially the legitimization or politicization of violence is still very relevant and attractive to political and social philosophy today, uh, I would like to try to define what Camus could be attempting to do uh, with tools that Camus simply did not possess uh, in the 1950s. Uh, and this, what I will present, is, is, is aimed at better clarified analysis of his argument against legitimization of uh, violence, against using violence in political and social um, discourse. So, Roughly in 2020, um, the editions can use uh, or analyze or research violence in very many ways. I should also add here the fourth, which is the phenomenology of violence, which is a great, great tool of understanding the phenomenon of violence and what violence actually is. But I decided for the clarity of argument to limit myself to three. Uh, contemporary understandings of violence. So 
We may understand violence either as via excessive use of force, which is the minimalist conception of violence. We can understand violence as violation of rights, which is a, a comprehensive or general conception of violence with also an, an addition to of, of the understanding of structural violence, which I will be talking later on. And we can also uh, see a quite new way of understanding violence as violation of integrity. So minimalist conception of violence states that normal or ordinary understanding of the term violence in terms of interpersonal acts of force usually involves physical injury. So the concept of violence cannot be understood independently from the concept of force. Uh, to add an argument to that, uh, John Dewey, this is not an actual date of publication, obviously, of this, but like a republication of this uh, essay by John Dewey says that violence is force gone wrong. And the problems with uh, MCV is, are, the, for example, that we don't really know whether and how excessive this force must be in order for violence to occur as a phenomenon. So MCV misses out many other important dimensions of the phenomenon of violence. And Robert Audi in 2009 said that an act of violence can be uh, both physical or psychological. It may be aimed at persons, animals, or property. So the first presentation that ties violence with physical injury is perhaps too narrow. Uh, CCV, so comprehensive theory of violence, says that violence must be broader than just analyzing it by means of the phenomenon of force. Uh, harm can be also psychological, not only physical. And we have to add Johan Galtung to that, who distinguishes between direct violence, where instigator of an act of violence can be traced to a person or persons, and John Johann Galtuk also notes that there exists a structural violence where there may not be any person who directly harms another person. And I guess this is very vaguely understood in the French debate uh, of the 1950s between Camille Sartre, Merleau-Ponty and Beauvoir. Uh, so generally speaking, uh, CCV says that violence is a violation of rights. And the problem which appears is which rights and does infringement of any rights attributable to social beings cause violence. And CCV can also be criticized for being too broad, too inclusive and therefore inherently vague. It produces violence almost everywhere, making it almost impossible to establish limits against violence or reactions to violence. So if violence is everywhere and if everything is violence, how can we actually say which kind of violence do we have to oppose in the first place. The third attempt and the one I actually really liked when I studied the, the, the problem for my book is um, quite new. It appeared in McCollum and in Bufacci, uh, a very good book by Bufacci, Violence and Social Justice. And uh, the proposition is that violence can be defined as violation of integrity to the extent that violence damages or destroys a pre-existing unity. So it doesn't focus on force or physical or psychological impacts. It 
um, focuses on the fact that there is something that violence damages or destroys that before an act of violence was unified. So it may be easier to see this violation of unity in terms of violence against an inanimate object, although the same violation also applies to people. So when a person becomes the victim of an act of violence, it is her integrity as a person or his integrity as a person that is being infringed, since in the process of being violated, he or she is reduced to a lesser being in physical or psychological terms. Now the question is, if we use the contemporary tools of understanding violence and think that any act of governmental or social um, um, policy can state that some acts of violence can be legitimate and we understand that violence is coming against legitimization of violence, I propose to ask a theoretical question which theory of violence would be actually um, comparable to what Camus claimed about violence. So what is the relation between what Camus had written about violence and the contemporary discussions on violence in these three theories? So if we read Camus along the lines drawn by these three conceptions, we may ask which would be the closest to Camus this is the first question, and which would be actually most helpful at making or conceptualizing and theorizing around his moral arguments against violence. And the biggest problem is that Camus is actually speaking as if there was just one conception of violence. At one time, he's against direct violence against other people. Killing has to be limited and all acts of killing should be made morally condemnable which is closest to MCV. At other times, he's uh, speaking against violation of rights. So people need to have access to justice and liberty and limitation of justice and liberty to people is wrong and should be limited. So he's advocating for CCV. And he clearly on a philosophical level has an intuition of violence as violation of integrity. There's a whole part of the rebel, which is to me dedicated to the problem of unity being threatened by contemporary politics of totality, which can be reinterpreted by means of violation of integrity theory. But we have to make some decisions, even if they are bad decisions and be criticized for these decisions I have made. Uh, so let's come back to Camus' statement through three views of violence. So he said, I am not against violence as violence is and always will be. I am against legitimization of violence. Violence is unavoidable and unjustifiable. How would this compare to MCV, the first minimalist conception of violence? So I think it does not help here using the framework of modern ethical theory of minimalist conception of violence, because I can always think of using too much force against an oppressor. And I think, can think that it will eventually be justified because he was trying to kill me. So I can't be told that I have to use limits. I can't be told to avoid excessive force against somebody who is trying to kill me when my life is at stake. And even if I am told that I should be limit my force when using violence or force against somebody who is trying to kill me, who is violent against me, 
hardly anyone will be able to limit oneself in such an extreme situation. What about CCV? So if violence is violation of rights, then we have always to specify what rights are actually discussed. So without general agreement on the nature of rights that need to be protected for violence not to occur, it would be very difficult to go on. The problem here is that CCV makes violence a common thing. And some rights, Galton says, are violated by the mere fact that we are born, for example, in poverty. So Camus was against legitimization of violence, of being exposed to harm by the state. But I would seriously doubt whether he would claim that the legitimization of poverty, for example, would have an actual effect on the situation. Sorry, this was a mistake. So what about violation of integrity? So the most important element of violence may be not seen as something external, but uh, internal. In the violation of integrity theory, on the individual level, being reduced to a lesser being by the act of violence seems to provoke thoughts about uh, part one of the rebel, where the person who is uh, oppressed by the master instantly reacts to that just because his dignity, his uh, unity is being threatened by the master. Perhaps we could see a com combination of Camus and violation of integrity theory by saying that Camus conceived of in, on individual integrity as something of enormous importance. When this individual integrity is being infringed or even threatened to be violated, we have the right, this is the basic point of the rebel, to fight back. But also Camille is aware that the destruction, the assault on individual integrity of the oppressor is also affecting the rebel who is trying to fight back, who is trying to confront his former master. So not only harming the executioner who started the problem, but also having an impact on the rebel whose integrity will again be violated by the fact that he has to cause harm to the other. The measure here, uh, la mesure, the limitation of acts against the violent oppressor is not counted only as in minimalist conception of violence by the destruction caused in the oppressor, but more generally by the destruction of unity of self in the rebel in the oppressor and in the dialectic situation between the two. So the rebel will not become de messieurs if he remembers about the limits and he will remember the limits when he accepts that he reacted to violation of his integrity and takes care not to violate the integrity when fighting back. He needs to perform an action to restore justice between the two sides, especially on the political realm, but he needs to save himself from becoming the person that initiated his revolt and threatened his unity. So in this light, when we come back to Kalyaliev, for example, we may see that we could actually interpret out of Camus' play that he needed I mean, Kaliyev, not Camille, the execution after having become a murderer, not only because he violated the integrity of the oppressor, 
but perhaps also because he violated the integrity of himself as the rebel and violated the unity of the group of the revolutionaries he belonged to. So the problem here seems not to be only that his hands are dirty, as in the famous uh, depiction of the um, debate between Sartre and Camus and their two plays. Uh, the problem is that integrity became violated by the act of terror. So the problem in short is the measure, not the problem of negation and just killing in that, in that example. And it is also the problem of negation of the self at the same time. And from the rebel, as a conclusion uh, uh, about the possibility of interpreting or tracing uh, the theory of violence in Camus through the theory of violation of integrity, I have a very, very good line that I actually really like, and I would like to make a short comment on that to summarize the, the things that I already said. Cela la mit de couvre la part, par la révolte transfigure tout, si tout pense, tout action qui dépasse un certain point and the most important part here for me is to action, all action which transgresses a certain point of view, uh, a, a certain moment, negates itself. So uh, in the violation of integrity theory, which would be applied to uh, Camus' understanding of violence, uh, his concern is not only related to the fact that by fighting back, the rebel actually damages, injures, or destroys his former master or the person who is he's against or a tyrant who is threatening the social order. Uh, he tries to show that in violence, there's a moment where uh, over, being overly violent, being overly against somebody or something else uh, damages the person who is making this action. Uh, so causes more harm to this person. And I think this is very interesting and worth elaborating uh, further on. That's all I have for today. It's just like a, a, a proposition of, of, of going on with this, with this uh, concept. Thank you very much. We have a very exciting announcement. All episodes of Albert Camus Radio will now be sponsored by Vectus Consulting. Vectus Consulting specializes in consulting humanities departments, so they're very good fit for Albert Camus Radio. Vectus Consulting specializes in growing humanities departments, retaining current students enrolled in your humanities department, and raising the visibility of your humanities department. We are very happy to have Vectus Consulting as a supporter. They can be found at vectusconsulting.org. Vectusconsulting.org.